Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. It's all brought to you by Active Wealth Management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book from Ford. We'll get to him momentarily. Right now we get to Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. And let's talk pitching because every time we put a pod up, the first comment that comes out says, what about pitching? Okay, well, let's address it. Let's address the pitching. Let's yeah. address the potential pitching. Let's address potential trades to get pitching. And let's clue you in on maybe a pitcher that you haven't heard of that Atlanta signed as far as a minor league deal. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But starting pitching, Lindsay, it's not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Yeah. And if you think back to 2021 to the postseason, the reason we lost like was glaringly obvious. Yes, it was the pitching, right? Max mm -hmm. Freed coming off the virus. He gets shelled. Spencer Strider coming off the oblique injury. He gets blasted. We get eliminated. 2022, or sorry, that was 22. 23, that wasn't the pitching. That was the yeah. offense. And I agree, it would make me feel a lot better to get a starting pitcher. Like 100%, I agree with that. But when we talked to Alex Anthopoulos at the winter meetings last week, the point that he made was they want to go into the season with somewhere between 10 and 12 different options to take starts in the season. Mm. Last year, you used 16 pitchers, 13 starters and three relievers as openers. But that like that was like a high, like a, like a, a record high for the Braves. The, the typical number a major league team needs is between nine and 11. Mm -hmm. And if you look right now, if the postseason were to start, your three starters would be Spencer Strider, Max Freed, Charlie Morton. That's one through three right there. Mm -hmm. uh, starting pitcher number four, Bryce Elder. I know he had a bad first half. I don't think he's as bad. I'm sorry, a bad second half. I don't think he's as bad as that second half. I don't maybe think he's as good as that first half where he had an ERA right. under two. He's somewhere in the middle, but for a number four pitcher, he does the job. He gave you 174 and two-thirds innings last year. And really the goal of that four, number four, number five, is to give you 30 starts and get you mm. through a season, right? Like that's what that guy's for. After him, they're attempting to stretch out Ronaldo Lopez. He had decent numbers as a starter until he had a vision issue. Eddie Rosario, people will remember this. He had a vision issue. He got moved to the bullpen because he was struggling. He then got the vision issue fixed and then be became an amazing reliever. So mm -hmm. he's the guy I feel like they could move to the bullpen if they get another starter. And if not, they could let him try it. But after those five, right? Uh, you have a bunch of minor league arms. Um, AJ smith Shaver, Hurston Waldrop, your two top prospects. Uh, the thing to remember here, I think I've talked about this before. I know I've written it up on the site before. I don't think it's realistic to expect a full season out of either AJ smith Shaver or Hurston Waldrop. I agree. So, AJ smith Shaver threw, uh, he spent some time in MLB last year, but he's the same age. And, uh, and actually, Anthopolis made this point when I asked him specifically about these two guys. Smith Shaver is the same age as a college junior. So if he had gone to college, he'd be getting drafted this year. He just turned 21. So him, Hurston Waldrop, hasn't even turned 22 yet. He did right. go through 130 or so innings last year between both Florida and the minors. Uh, I did get Anthopolis to confirm he's going to get an invite to spring training, going to have a chance to earn a starting job in spring training. Uh, but either way, I feel like together they probably at best could cover one spot for the course of a season. But after them, you've got Dylan Dodd, you've got Darius mm -hmm. Vines, 
You've got Alan Winans, uh, just guys that are already in the system who you have seen at the major league level already. And then you're expected to get back Ian Anderson uh, in probably July. The goal is to send him to a rehab assignment in June with the idea of getting him back in the rotation by July, maybe beginning of August at the latest. So you have the pitchers to get through a season, to get through 162 games. Now, would it feel a lot better to get another starting pitcher who could take a postseason start so that if something happened to one of those top three, you weren't starting a Bryce Elder in a game three? Yes, you you would love to have that. Charlie yeah. Morton's 40. Max Freed had a couple smaller injuries last year. Strider had the oblique in 22. Like, I get it. We're all a little scarred from that. We want to have a guy. Uh, I'm confident they're going to find a way to get a guy. I don't know who the guy's going to be. I don't know what it's going to cost. There's a couple different options depending on, do you sign a guy? Do you trade for a guy? Uh, do you go get a frontline guy? Do you get a mid-rotation guy and build him up? What do you do? Uh, I'm confident they can get somebody, but you do have enough pitchers to get through a season now. It may not feel like it because, again, we've been scarred by recent history, but you do have enough pitchers right now. Yeah, everybody that keeps saying the pitching cost is the pitching cost. There was, and you, Johnny Venner said the same thing. There was one bad game in the playoffs that the pitchers had where, the, mm-hmm. you know, the Phillies ended up putting up 10 runs. And I think that night they probably could have hit anybody for some yeah. reason. They just, they, the ball looked like a grapefruit to them that night. And that's the way they treated every pitcher. Other than that, the pitchers did their job in the postseason. The hitters didn't do their job. Anthopolis himself said like, like we had, what was it three extra base hits in the entire series? And two of them were from Austin Riley. Like he specifically pointed to that as the reason that we didn't win. I mean, Yes. If the, the general manager says it's because of that, who are we to tell him, no, you're wrong? It was the pitching. Well, the same thing happened to the Dodgers. Yeah. I mean, there was that stat that came up that out of uh, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Ronald Acuna Jr., the three guys that were in the running for the MVP race, they had one extra base hit and it belonged to Acuna. So yeah. the Dodgers also did the exact same thing that the Braves did. Mm-hmm. And so they got bounced as well. You don't hear everybody talking about their pitching. As a matter of fact, they made news for something else as far as uh, the last couple of days have been concerned. Um, but, it, you know, when it comes – and you said earlier, and I want to go back to this, is uh, 14 – around 14 guys ended up being in the rotation as far as starters were concerned. 16. 16. 16 yeah. starters. So – and you said, you know, um, you know that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot for any contending team. Oh, yeah. The only time you see something like that is a team that's a bottom dweller, that they're trying to find something to create a spark, and they keep bringing guys up. So you may see 15 different starters throughout the year from, say, the Oakland A's that didn't have a chance to do anything last year. That's, mm-hmm. that's what the, – they're kind of fishing to see what they can do with their farm program. So um, I, I – I don't want to repeat that year, as you said. It's it's scarred all of us because mm-hmm. we saw four or sixteen different faces that ended up towing the rubber for us last year, and we'd rather not see that. I'd uh, be love love to get over some injury news, but by the by the way, folks, injuries happen, and I'm sorry, but somebody is going to skip a start this year. So that gets me to the next point, which is. In our farm system, everybody keeps saying, oh, yes, go ahead. Before we get there, the other thing is, the other contention is people say, we've signed nothing but relievers, right? Which, Mm. okay, fine. Have a really good bullpen. I'll remind people, in the 2021 World Series, we gave starts to Dylan Lee 
and Tucker Davidson. Yes. And we won the World Series. The goal is to get there. The goal is to get to the postseason. This is a rotation. This is a group of starting pitchers that can get you to the rota- uh, to the postseason. When they're backed by this offense, they could get you to the postseason. That's not a satisfying answer for a lot of people, but that is true, and that is the philosophy that this team is working under. It worked well, in 2021. It didn't in 22 and 23. I think that expectations are just almost too high for us Braves fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times did we hear last year in the chats, online, various things, that basically every time Strider stepped out, they expected him to have 15 strikeouts and go, you know, at least seven and a third, if not more, along with get the win. Like they expected him to go undefeated and you're going to have bad nights. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm sorry. It just happens. Um, I mean, ask the Braves hitting. It happens. (laughs) I can promise you, you have bad nights. Like a talking point last year was, is it a bad season if you don't get to the World Series? Like we talked to Tom, you talked to Tom Glavin about that, like asking him that exact question. And he said, and he I think appropriately said, no, it's incredibly hard to get to the World Series. Like people don't understand how hard it is. Like Mm. it is incredibly disappointing to get knocked out in uh, the second round of the playoffs in your first playoff series. But at the same time, like there's been a different World Series winner every year for like what, six or seven years now? Because it's incredibly hard to even get there, never mind to win one. The Dodgers had to use a short season to get a Mickey Mouse trophy. Like, yeah. So, okay, sorry. Was that- and that, No, because those, I mean, I get you can be the favorites. Calling someone the favorite doesn't automatically give them a pass to the World Series. I don't think a lot of people realize that because, you know, there was somebody that came in there and they said that, you know, what do you feel about the Braves being the favorite? Well, they should be the favorites. They've got yeah. a ton of hitting that it's going to be tough for any pitcher to get around throughout the season. They should win most of the series that they play. Mm-hmm. And on top of the, even if it's a, patched together pitching, you know, as far as starting rotation is concerned throughout the year, they still should be the favorite. Mm -hmm. But calling somebody a favorite and then saying, so if they don't make the World Series, then it's just World Series or bust. I do not like, I I hate that analogy. I hate, because as you just said, six, seven, eight years straight, we've seen different World Series winners. uh, And, you know, you talk about the Mickey Mouse trophy from the Dodgers. Let's talk about the cheating trophy with the Astros. I mean, there's just, along with those different, teams have also been various ways they went about getting there and doing it. And yeah, shortened season. That's not uh, that I don't, yes, it's still a world series title. Yes. You still get to hang everything up and sell the gear and all that. But um, 162 games is a whole lot different than playing a shortened season. Hey, it's all been brought to you by active wealth management. Go to annuity360.net for your free book. Call Ford Stokes today. Your own nationwide peak 10 illustrations. So you can learn how you can get, 20% immediate income account bonus, 8% annual interest growth, 340% participation with a leading index. You can really make 3.4 times what this propriety index does. 8% guaranteed interest each year, higher than the bank CD rates. Just call Ford today or go to activewealth.com. His number, 770-685-1777. That's 770-685-1777. Seven seven. Tell them you heard it on Braves today. All right, Lindsay. We were going to talk about uh, the prospects that we have and what people. You you mentioned Waldrop. You mentioned Smith Shaver. A lot of people are claiming that you know go ahead and get rid of them to go after Cease. I don't know that Cease for the Chicago White Sox 
is a doable thing for the Braves because it sounds like the White Sox want a lot for him. You and I talked on another pod about potential um, guys that they wanted. There was basically four pitchers that they wanted. And clearly, if they want those pitchers, that must mean they see some potential in them uh, in order to get seized. They've also asked the Reds for possible, God. basically – uh, nine position players in order to to, <laughs> uh, to sign Cease. So, I mean, apparently they want a lot for. They, I guess they feel they need to build up their program as well. Yeah, they are they are tearing it down to the studs. And the thing with Dylan Cease compared to everybody else is Dylan Cease has two years of contractual control, not one. And so he is the most coveted arm just about in the trade market. Yes, people yep. want Corbin Burns. Yes, people know Tyler Glasnow is going to get traded. But Burns, they've said they could keep Burns. That came out. That news came out on Sunday afternoon. Uh, everybody knows the Rays have to dump $25 million to Tower Glasnow. They can't pay that. And so those markets aren't as robust. But the White Sox have made it clearly known that we will bid everybody against everybody else and whoever gives us the most. The deal that was reported by Cincinnati Media, uh, I actually talked about this last week on Locked on MLB Prospects, uh, the four the four players that they asked for from the Cincinnati Reds, four top 11 prospects. They asked for right-hand pitcher Rhett Lauder, who they took in the, in the top 10 last year. They asked for first-rounder Chase Petty, who is either 20 or 21. I saw him pitch in double-A when I was calling games for the Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, catcher Alfredo Duno, their, I think, second-highest position player prospect. And outfielder Jay Allen, uh, a, a younger outfielder he's number 11 prospect in their system who because of injury hadn't played a lot uh, so far in his in the few years since they took him in the first round and mm -hmm. Cincinnati's farm system is better than Atlanta's most teams farm systems are better than Atlanta's and so if you try to translate that into the Braves system you're giving up both AJ Smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop as well as two other people, probably outfielder Luis Guanipa, your most promising outfield prospect. It's either him or Isaiah Drake. And mm -hmm. then you're giving up an infielder. We have a catcher, Drake Baldwin, in the top 10. It could be third baseman Ignacio Alvarez, like one of those two. You're giving up four, at least four top nine prospects to make that deal. And here's the thing about trading Smith Schaffer and Hurston Waldrop. They're one and two in the system for a reason when you when you make those prospect rankings it's not just uh, how good are they going to be you're baking in the risk and you're baking in proximity to the majors aj smishover pitched in major league baseball last year herson waldrop finished the year in triple a so if you get two years of dylan cease and you're not able to extend him which is possible he's a scott boris client he walks in free agency at the same time that you would be expecting full seasons from both A.J. Smith-Shaver and Hurston Waldrop in your rotation. So as concerned as we are about potentially losing two pitchers after 2024 in Max Fried and Charlie Morton, you turn around, if you trade these guys for Dylan Cease, then after 2025, in essence, it's like you're losing three because you're mm -hmm. losing Smith-Shaver, you're losing Waldrop, and you're losing Dylan Cease. So I'm confident Atlanta is going to get someone. I don't think one that they can outbid some of these determined teams like the Dodgers, uh, you know, like, you know, that they can outbid some of these teams for a guy like a Dylan Cease. And then two, I'm not convinced it's a great idea to give up your close to the majors pitchers. The big thing behind trading Owen Phillips, uh, you know, when you sent him in the, 
in the Kalnick deal is he had not pitched in Atlanta's minor leagues yet because he had Tommy John his draft year. He had not thrown a pitch for Atlanta yet. He was mm. three, four, at least years away from the majors. If you were to trade a J.R. Ritchie or an Owen Murphy, we have them as number four and number five in the system. They're both four to five years away. But Schmishover and Waldrop can be pitching in Atlanta next year. Spencer Schwellenbach is probably by the end of next year an option to at least pitch in your bullpen and look at your rotation for 25. So don't trade those high-level pitching prospects because you're going to need them at the major league level. It's more important to have the depth than to give up all of that depth for a frontline starter because if that guy goes down, you don't have anyone to fill in for him. Especially at the age that they are. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at guys that are in their in their early 21. 20s that are just now legally able to drink and you're <laughs> wanting to get rid of them because, and they may not hit their stride for another two, three years, but at least we'll see their arms out there now yeah. as a 21, 22-year-old. Max Freed wasn't the Max Freed who was a Cy Young runner-up no. his first year up in Atlanta, you know, and Tom, Tom Glavin talked about this, about like they needed that time at the major league level to become the pitchers they become, or they became. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like if you give them run in 24, that means when you need them to be postseason starters in 25 and in 26, you've got them. And I, to, I just think that's more important. And you have them for multiple seasons. I think that's more important than getting a Dylan Cease for two years or a Corbin Burns for one or a, uh, you know, or, or a Tyler Glasnow for one, if Glasnow's arm even holds up. And then they're all gone. And now you've got nothing for postseason starts and you have to go pay somebody else or trade for somebody else. You mentioned something to me before we started potting. We were talking a little bit, and we talked about the the pitchers that have been in the Braves organizations. Organization, the Braves have never really screwed up by sending somebody away that came back to bite them or haunt them later. Um, maybe one. I mean, Wainwright. You talked about that, but even at the time, I mean, they still didn't quite know. But I mean, that's something that this front office has been able to do is hold on to what they think is good and not get rid of it, and it end up paying dividends because we haven't sent them somewhere else that comes out comes out and they two hit us in the first round of the playoffs or something. Yeah, it's it's in the prospect apparatus, like on the prospect side, there's a couple teams we talk about, and it's like if they call you to offer you a player, you should probably hang up. Uh, if, the, if the Tampa Bay Rays call you to get one of your position players, you should probably hang up. If the Braves call you to offer you one of their pitchers, you should probably hang up because in all of these deals, the Matt Olson deal, the Sean Murphy deal, uh, the uh, all of these trades that we've made, we send out pitching prospects. We, you know, and it's guys that, for some reason or another, have never worked out with the teams they right. th- that they went to. And the last guy, legitimately, that we traded away and ended up being a quality starter was Adam Wainwright. I mean, we traded him in two. I think it was two thousand and four. Traded him to St. Louis, and I mean, by 2006, he was putting up ERAs in the threes. But like, I mean, outside of that, when's the last time trading Ryan Cusick hurt you? When did trading Bryce Wilson hurt you? When did trading Tucker Davidson hurt you? And so, if this front office, if this player development staff doesn't want to trade an AJ Smithshaver or doesn't want to trade a Hurston Waldrop, there's probably a reason for it. And Honestly, I trust them to make that evaluation. If they're like, we need to keep this guy. 
some of the other guys that have been asked for in trades in the in recent history that Atlanta did not trade. Spencer uh, Spencer Strider was yep. asked for in trades. Austin Riley was asked for in yes. trades. I mean, this front office, both like this player development staff, both under this front office and the previous one, have been pretty good at making these evaluations. And so they haven't pulled the trigger yet on a trade. It's because they think the price is too high, and I'm inclined to stick with them and believe it. Speaking of high prices, is uh, don't let them get to you. And so that's why it's all been brought to you by Active Wealth Management. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Did you like that? That was good. <laughs> Make sure you call Ford and tell him we said hello from Brace today. He's Lindsey Crosby. I'm Ben Taylor. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate it, sir. Thanks, buddy.